Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast, Wanda Distance Edition. Uh, I am the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Al Manorino, who tends to forget to introduce himself. Also with me every week, uh, almost 50 episodes in the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what is going on? There's a lot of snow in New Jersey right now. It is. I it is. I hate it. Every part of my body aches. Uh, it's basically a lot of whiskey getting me through this and that um, that ex- poor excuse for a Super Bowl that we saw. Not because of the game, but just due to lack of trailers. That is my that is my beef with Super Bowl LV this year. I had so many beefs with the Super Bowl LV this year. Yeah, all money based, by the way. All money based. All money based. Uh, not the food worst based. Gambler. Or or alcohol based. Because I had a great night. We we ordered uh, I ordered fifty boneless wings. And I had about a case and a half of beer. Uh, no, try to get we we had a case and a half of beer. We didn't drink all of it, but we could have. Uh, it was great. And also, my wife fell asleep at halftime. And she missed the weekend. Who was? Uh, it was a spectacle for sure. Yes. Uh, but enough about the weekend and the weekend. Ladies let's and talk gentlemen, about the let's talk about uh, some of the guests that are joining us today. This is a full house, much like an '80s sitcom. Totally unintentionally making that joke. Um, making her uh, highly anticipated return to the podcast. Uh, was supposed to happen a few weeks ago, but we're glad she's here this week. The queen of robots, our uh, comic book and anime editor, Rachel Freeman. What's up, Rachel? Hello. I am uh, waiting on not the same amount of snow as you guys, but we're expecting some down this way. <laughs> and you know who's not expecting snow ever? Our resident guests for this podcast. Of course, we're talking about Pop Break's music editor, Cat Manos. Hey, Cat. Hello. I'm so sorry to report there's literally no snow here whatsoever. I do, don't ever apologize for that. Yeah, it was hot this weekend. Yeah. It was like it was like 73. I'm sorry. I'll I'll just oh. I'll mute myself right now. I'm no, so no I'm just I'm just thinking of cargo shorts and, and flip flops right now because that's <laughs> that's my existence. This is my entire existence, and of course he is the man with the plan and uh, so much insight as always. And I'm sure we're gonna get a ton this week. Cole Rothacker, buddy, you've been here with us every week. We love you. Welcome. Yeah, back. that's true. I'll you be too. here every other week. <laughs> Um, well, I, I want to, we got to dive right in. Well, uh, no, first off, you got to, you, you have uh, something you have to do for us first. Oh yeah. So I'm drinking, um, a, a beer. <laughs> that could um, either I'm, be amazing, amazing or absolutely friggin' disgusting. This is a, this is, do you want to bet? Are we going <laughs> to, Ooh, yeah, we're going to, we're, A, we're going to place bets, but I'm going to introduce the segment as a special edition of News Over Brews. So that is the a segment. podcast that hasn't existed in five years. <laughs> more, way more than that. Like seven years, I think. I think we I'm stopped like math. 2014. Uh, that was my first podcast ever, by the way. So, this is a um, Cups of Peanut Butter and Chocolate by New Jersey Beer Company. It's literally the Reese's uh, colors and font, but instead of saying Reese's, that. it says Cups of Peanut Butter and Chocolate. It's an Imperial Porter. It is 8% alcohol, and it's going to go in my belly. So, everyone want to take the over-under on... Is this delicious or is this disgusting? Um, Kat, what do you think? Gas or trash? I think um, 
so for, for people playing at home, Al has sniffed the beer and said it smells great. Yes. So keeping that in mind, I think it might smell nice. You're going to take a sip and you're going to hesitate and you're going to do like the, the kombucha girl where you're mm-hmm. like, uh, yes, like, yes, no, I don't know. Oh. And then ultimately <clears throat> your conclusion is going to be, it's fine. I've had worse. Okay. okay. I like that. that was uh, Cole, Cole, what do you got? Uh, I bet it'll taste nice. I bet it'll be creamy and, you know, uh, decadent. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Rage. Rage. Well, I don't, I'm not going to use word, fancy words like decadent, but. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say fancy words like creamy. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that I would like it. But Al seems very excited, so I I kind of think it's gonna end up that he's gonna like it. I don't think you're gonna be able to finish it though. I think it's gonna be too. There. Mm. That's a good one. Too, like, that's sugary. That's, that's like a that's like a prop bet right there. I like oh, that. that is a prop bet. That is a prop bet. Personally, I hope you hate it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just yeah. wish I just wish bad on you at all times. But yeah. I think I, I agree with Cat. I think you're gonna be like, that's hey, all right, and then you won't finish it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want anything bad to happen to Al, but I do think it'd be funny if, like, he, like, <laughs> couldn't, like, get it down and just was like, spit <laughs> <laughs> it all over This is computer. still a WandaVision podcast, by the way. Don't worry. I, I, I doubt it. All right, you guys ready? I would not be able to drink on command like this. Oh, I... There it is. There it is. Kombucha face. He has to take a second sip. He does. He's taking a second sip. Okay. Okay. I have my review. Surprisingly go. mediocre. When it go- when it comes in, very creamy. When it goes down, pretty light. So it's actually something you can drink the whole thing of and not feel like bloated or gross. I don't know why. It's very. It's it's kind of strange. Not crazy about the aftertaste, so I'm gonna have to just keep drinking throughout the mm-hmm. entire pod. But uh, I don't know, maybe if you eat Reese's cups between it's, drinks what, what type, and just keep the taste, just keep the taste going. What, what, type, pour this what type of cups were those again? What is that? What type of cups were those? Peanut butter and cups peanut of peanut butter cups of peanut butter and chocolate Reese's and not name brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to try it. Where'd you get it? <laughs> New Jersey. Hey, well, it's a, it's a New Jersey beer company beer. Can you send it me one? Yeah, Ooh, maybe, probably. You know what you should do? You should. You should, fax you, should you should get a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Do like a pour over situation. I was thinking about that. Yeah. And then put Reese's Pieces. What is that? The where they they look like M and M's instead yeah. of the cups. Reese's so, Pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a weird like Bernstein Bernstein Bears thing for Reese's Pieces and Reese's Pieces. It's driving me up a Okay. Because I've heard that a million... Because you literally just said, Kat, Reese's, Reese's Pieces. I know, because I, I thought I, I said think, it wrong. Because it, it goes together. Yeah, and you said it too, Rachel, and I'm just like... Part of me was just like... Yeah, but you would never call a Reese's cup. It's a Reese's. Right? Or no? It's a Reese's, Kat, it's Reese's peanut butter cup. But when you know what? This is like the, the caramel caramel thing, where it depends on the day. Yeah. Like, what comes out of my mouth. I'm going to be honest. I don't... I hear you. Oh, I had a very similar uh, experience with a green tea mochi this weekend. So, I guess. <laughs> same, same, same experience. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of unsure about it. You yeah, make he took a bite. He, up. 
fucking beer. <laughs> what, what you said was, hmm, I'm not sure I would get this again, but I'll definitely finish this now. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I had one again today, and, like... Similar experience? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get one tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it'll be the same. <laughs> Why In other news. Results? <laughs> hey, you know what? That's yeah. a great segment. That is true. Segway to our first segment. What? The first segment being uh, this uh, last week on WandaVision. I almost said this week. No, because that was the original title. Um, right. This is episode five um, on a very special episode. Uh, if anyone's wondering, I am reading this direct from the WandaVision Wikipedia page. In a 1980s setting, Wanda and Vision struggle to stop Tommy and Billy from crying. Agnes offers to help look after the boys, but Vision questions her behavior. He and Wanda are interrupted when Tommy and Billy suddenly age up to five years old. When a dog appears at their house, the boys ask to keep it, and Agnes suggests the name Sparky. Wanda almost reveals her abilities to Agnes concerning Vision, while the boys age up again to ten years old. At work, Vision reads an email from S.W.O.R.D. that reveals the situation in Westview. He breaks through to a real Westview resident, Norm, and discovers that Wanda is seemingly controlling the town. Sword sends a drone t- from the 1980s into Westview and attempts to kill Wanda on Hayward's orders. Wanda emerges from the static field with the drone and warns Hayward to leave her alone. Scared by the drone, Sparky runs away and later dies. Oof, that is a brutal sentence. Vision confronts Wanda about her actions, but they are interrupted when, spoiler alert, Pietro arrives watching. Watching the broadcast, Darcy notes that Pietro has been recast. A commercial during the WandaVision program advertises Lagos Paper Towels. That's my thing. That's it. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much, Bill. Uh, let's just cut it there. Bill, make a note, and I'm going to do it right here. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, that was much, much better than uh, the one that I tried to improvise the last week. But, yeah, this was a crazy episode, guys. This was one of the, uh, I mean, I think we can, uh, spoiler alert, it's one of the best episodes yet. Um, you know, it's we're getting kind of the fallout from episode four, where we broke the sitcom model, and now we're living in two worlds, basically. Two two different realities. Actually, maybe not at all, in any way. Um, this is, a, again, an insane episode where we learn so much. There's actually an entire five-minute uh, info dump. Uh, if you guys remember that scene, at one point, they were literally just uh, giving you tons and tons of background information about the entire MCU in like a five-minute little uh, clip which was insane. But yeah, so going into um, wow. there's something there's something wrong here, Wanda, uh, where we basically talk about the episode as a whole, theories. I just throw questions at you and hope for great answers. And I, I always get them. Not so, from me. Not from Bill. Not from Bill. Bill will be right. <laughs> Anyone will be from Bill. But I want to start off with kind of a tough question is... Um, do we feel that episode five exceeded episode four in terms of quality? Because, uh, you know, I think universally last week we talked about how great episode four was. Um, you know, it was kind of building up for that. So I'll start with Cole. 
the resident Wanda Vision expert. Uh, what did you What did you just think overall of the episode, and, and did it kind of exceed the hype level coming out of four? Yeah, actually, it's funny you asked this very question because um, I was thinking about this. Like, wow, I really love this episode, but I love the last one, and I, I love the last one before, and it just I've liked every episode more and more. So now I'm kind of at the point now where I, I don't even think I can really like rank these episodes against each other because now I'm just feeling like I'm just watching like one thing basically. It's not like a t it's not like a traditional TV show where there's like individual episodes I can point to and say yeah like that was great or like maybe like several episodes where I'm like yeah that was a great story arc. I, I kind of just feel at this point like you know the show is like so well paced and it's like so uh like like just the way that they're presenting the storyline here is just done so well that like i can't even think of them separately anymore like now i'm like okay i'm just like in the middle of like a really good movie and to kind of like compare them that would be like saying like oh well i like the first half of this movie better than the second half which is not like you know i think people do that but I tend not to, and so I'm just kind of trying to view it now as, like, one whole thing, and, yeah, like, just WandaVision, love it so far. Now, Kat, a similar question, but, uh, you know, I, 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 watching this episode, I couldn't help but thinking, like, oh, I'm watching a Marvel movie now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel anything wrong with that, but for as someone who kind of is conflicted about the MCU as a whole, the movies feeling the same, things like that. I'd love to get your opinion on. Did did you feel the same way? Was it a, a positive or negative thing? What were your just What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's so funny you asked this question. Um, I've been loving every single episode, every week, being like, "This is great. This is moving forward. I love this more than the previous one." This is the first week for me where I was like, there were a few things that I wasn't crazy about. But I did still very much enjoy the episode. But exactly kind of the stuff that you're talking about is what gave me pause. Uh, one, I inherently have beef with this episode because how dare you kill a dog? Even if you didn't kill that dog, even if you fake killed that dog, even if that's not even a real dog. Yeah, it's really no. cheap. I have, I have beef with you. Um, especially after you give him a name and he looked like such a good boy the whole time. He, he died in like... Like, an hour. I'm not even sure he died. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. I had issues with that, number one. Number two, um, this is uh, one thing I have loved about WandaVision from, like, the moment we started watching it is that it's extremely subtle. It's taking its time with everything. It is not, like, beating you over the head with a lot of things, except I feel like until this episode. To me, it was, like, very cringy that... Timmy, Tommy, Billy, whatever their names are, one of them was like, Mom, you can fix everything. Fix dead. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to, like, go that hard for us to get what was happening. Um, so what, I wasn't a fan of that. And lastly, um, a lot happens in this episode that I like to call, like, how did you know that moment, which is... Um, Monica, right? Not yes. Monica Rambo uh, says things like, 
No, she, uh, Wanda knew that I was a sword agent and she trusted me to deliver her babies. She knew on some level, Monica, how do you know that? Um, well, I can tell that she's doing that. Like, she just makes a lot of assertions where I'm like, like, how do you know that? She makes no explanation of how she does. It's just kind of like she says it. So we're supposed to take it at face value as the audience. Yeah, she's like surprisingly like very uh, like she's like more chill about Wanda than everybody else, even though like Wanda has definitely like violated her the most yes. directly. She she seems to know exactly what was happening while being in the hex despite being literally under a spell, which is very baffling to me. Um, but d despite all of that, I very much enjoyed the episode, but Al, I think you like absolutely hit the nail on the head where I was like, oh yeah, we're, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe again. You also didn't like that line she had about how uh, she could have beat Thanos all by herself. Yes, yes. That that was the moment in the show where it felt like Kevin Feige walked on screen, and he's like, don't forget that she could have beat Thanos if there wasn't a Blitz, and it's like, it's weird. Pushed up his like, glasses while saying it's like, well, hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's funny you say that, because I'm certain he literally, like, did say exactly that. No, he did. He, he actually did. So, all this to say that... Um, I feel like the, there was a little bit of subtlety lost in this episode, um, but there's still a lot of things I really, really liked. So, yeah. Well, Rachel, I guess the same question to you, unless you've already answered it, because uh, I had to step out I for a not. second. Uh, so, yeah, well, uh, you know, same question to you about the episode. Um, so, one, Kat, I have to say, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds, and you can make a lot of assumptions about people in like 10 seconds. <laughs> 13 seasons of Criminal Minds. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying because I, I kind of had that same feeling, even though there's a part of me that's like just excited because like, I love Monica Rambeau and I'm like, she's going to be Captain Marvel one day. And you know, so I'm like, have to get past that. Um, I also am like, I'm one of those people that like little the the littlest thing can make me like just immediately skyrocket an episode points and that is the fact that we said it a million times we'll say it again spoiler alert uh, Pietro shows up and guess what Evan Peters I love Evan Peters I've watched every Natural single treasure. American Horror Story I love him I really liked him um, in the I don't remember which movie it was. Um, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, my God, everything's great because Evan Peters is now um, in the regular, like, Marvel Universe, and I can be happy because I was really upset that he was not in the actual uh, Disney Marvel Universe. When I heard he was cast, I was so excited, and I was like, it doesn't even count anymore, and now it counts! <laughs> now it's real! Well... <laughs> Rachel, you brought up uh, probably the biggest thing that we're going to talk about throughout the entire episode is the implications of this recasting. And of course, I have to, as myself, say, told you so. I said it from the beginning. They're going to use... Al, I, I think we all did. No. no one's like, no. No. Not true. Everyone did say, and I'm going to give everyone credit here, that Evan Peters... 
it was rumored that he was going to be in the show regardless. I think there was a, I think he was casted in it literally, that he was going to show up in the show somehow. But I did say the words recast, and I'm calling it. All right. Yeah, you know why Al is calling it because I said to him, "You're like, did I get it right?" I'm like, "Well, they did say they recast him, and you've said that every week on the podcast. If I didn't remind you, you would have forgotten. I would have. So totally. All right, but let's let's just talk about this. This is this is huge in terms of, um, you know, something that we've been talking about for a long time is when is the MCU gonna say the M word? which is mutants getting the X-Men in to the regular Marvel cinematic universe continuity is a huge undertaking. And, uh, this maybe is a step forward question mark. Um, I got, I have to start again with Cole on this. What did you think seeing him at the end? And how do you think they're going to kind of tie this back into the mutants? Yeah. If, no, if, I... if anything, I, I thought it was really cool how they did it. Um, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I, I still, you know, I liked how they how they did it. I liked how it was sort of like he was like they were they acknowledged that he's like a guest star because he had like everybody cheering for him when he showed up. Um, Looking like Joey Lawrence from Blossom. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah very ever. cool. Outfit. Um, yeah, I, I I'm. I, I'm not sure. I don't think we have enough information to really kind of go off, like to theorize of where they're going to go, although we certainly can. But, you know, to me, like, first question I have is like, okay, like, so obviously that's not Pietro, and like, they acknowledge that it's not him because they know that it is like Pietro in this role is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Although you pointed out that they very strategically like do not show him when they're like recapping Wanda's life, uh, and they, they I think they mention him, yeah. but they never show him like never once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is odd. Um, or so, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my whole thing is like I'm not sure if it's like Pietro from another universe or if it's. You know, I think it's very possible he's just a person, a Westview person, that um, somebody has recast to be Pietro. Uh, Basically, I'm not sure if he's Pietro or a mutant at all until I see him uh, use super speed, which we have not seen him use yet. And I guess, like, you know, that could be faked to some degree. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I think it would be cool if he was supposed to be Pietro from the X-Men movies, because then that is a way that they could kind of start bringing that in. And I think they are going to start bringing the mutants in because they can. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are theorizing that in Falcon and Winter Soldier, that they're going to go to Madripoor, which is a a big place from the X-Men comics. Or Uh, or Krakoa. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, it's like this. They're going to Savage Land. Oh man, we're jumping ahead for years, centuries even. Great. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very cool and kind of confusing, and you know, I'm very interested to see where it'll go. I'm I'm sure we're going to see Pietro. He's going to be like the Uncle Jesse in oh, the show. Yeah. That's amazing. I hope so. That's, 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 he's that's gonna, phenomenal. He's going to live in a converted apartment, either in the attic or in the basement. <laughs> above yeah. the garage. Yeah, above, above the, the garage. garage. Yeah. That's it. That's a good there you go. He's yeah, going to go full and, Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, like I said, though, I don't, I don't. We know so little about him as of now. It's, it's kind of hard to say, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but it does seem pretty clear to me that Wanda was surprised that he showed up. Um, although I, I guess she recognized that it's Pietro, even though it isn't. I, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to like discuss yeah. because I like, feel that a better sense. It's funny, like um, we. There's a hand raised. Oh, Rachel. Go, Rachel. I am convinced that it's going to combine. Yeah. No, it's yeah. true. I was, I was, <laughs> well, well, wait, what's going to combine? The, the universes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was just multiverse, like, I thought you meant like reality. Like, yeah, no, yeah. so, he's, so he is Pietro. He is Quicksilver, just from mm-hmm. another reality. And she can access all of these things, so she's going to recognize him. Because in in some reality, that is her brother. Mm. Okay, wait. I, I, I have I have several follow-up questions to that. Go. But one of which is, this is actually, I lied. This is a comment, and then there will be questions. The comment is, in the X-Men movies, Evan Peter's name is not Pietro. His name yeah. is Peter. That's right. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, so, are you telling me that Elizabeth Olsen's dad is now Michael Fassbender? Yeah. Three. Or is her dad Ian McKellen? Well, they're the same. But which one? Four. Deadpool. Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds is going to show up as Deadpool. Just well, to, just that's a comment. not true. They, they, he did have a sister. They just never showed her. So who, the, who, the, who, who are? Welcome uh, to Crosstalk. Irina and and Oleg. Maximoff, who they point out yeah. in in the thing, like her parents, she was born in 1989, and her parents are Irina and Oleg Maximoff. So who's that? How, how does she have multiple parents? They were it's, Olympic. It's unclear. It, it is interesting Infinite, that they Infinite Earth. Yeah, yeah. So what, what what Rachel is getting at is right. There's all these different realities. There's all these different alternate realities, right? So with her powers, she is seeing. She has the ability to see these Pietros in all different realities because we're talking about the multiverse, right? The multiverse theory. So basically, that's the that's why Cat um, Darcy is saying she recasted Pietro. She basically her Pietro's dead. She found another P- Pietro from a different reality. I think is what we're we're kind of going at, and she's I, able to recognize him as him because it is him, yeah. but from an alternate reality. I, I don't think she brought him there though, because she seemed very surprised. And also, when the when the door knocks, like Vision thinks she's doing that, and she's that like, is- "That wasn't that wasn't me. You don't believe me." And she seemed very surprised. I think it's you know somebody who is manipulating Wanda or whoever mm-hmm. put her up to this whole thing in the first place. Agatha. I think no. that brings up that brings she up wants a lot to take of it from the top. Come on, it does bring up a lot of questions. But I will say that just going last thing I want to say about the the whole Evan Peters of it all is we said in the first episode it would be interesting if um, WandaVision ends with almost like a reverse House of M, right? So it could be interesting that if he is from a different dimension or whatever, he is a mutant and he said there are more of us and she kind of says where and then brings them or gets them to Earth somehow, whether it creates them or not, it would be interesting that this is a lead-off to that, because it's kind of a, a, a missed opportunity in that sense, that we got an actual 
you know, uh, honorary X-Men there. Just something to think about. Mm. Yeah. 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 it's hard to it's hard to know because we don't really know what their plans are for the X Men other than that they are going to make a Deadpool three. Yes, correct. I, I I just think that just despite the episode ending that way, everyone's like they did it. X Men are in the MCU, and I'm like we don't know that. We have no idea what just happened. Yeah, the characters on screen don't seem to know what happened. No. so I'm I'm going I'm going to wait because. That boy's name is not Pietro. His name is Peter, and he and he's American. And he's American. American. But but remember, I mean, Wanda's also like you know projecting American too until she walks out, and then all of a sudden that that thick accent returns. So yeah. maybe what this well, book presupposes is maybe he does. Wait, say it again, Cole. He's American in the X-Men movies. No, I know, but I'm just wondering if yeah. that'll change once mm. Westview is lifted, you know what I mean? Like, I, we don't we don't know that for, for, for certain. Yeah. Uh, Bill, I want to I touch on what you just said, I and mean, you, can, you can further elaborate, too. So the, the scene that you're referring to is when we finally get um, Wanda outside of the Hex, and she's addressing S.W.O.R.D. and all the... You know, FBI, S.H.I.E.L.D., everything. Um, we see a pretty dark, disturbed, angry, kind of Age of Ultron level Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she points, you know, she uses her powers to point all the guns at uh, Agent Assface. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed that hard at that, but I wasn't expecting you to say that. That guy's a dick. Um, he is a but, dick. But you, you did mention that her accent's coming back out a little bit. Oh, and it wasn't kinda, a little bit. It was a lot of it. It was a lot of it. And she hasn't had that since, again, Age of Ultron. Um, what are, I guess, what are your thoughts on, and or maybe even theories on, is this our Wanda? Is this something that we have to even discuss? Well, yeah, because I think there's a lot we don't know, because it's all about who the puppet master is here, because she... You know, we see her saying, leave me alone. Like, she she knows, she's aware that she is creating this world. She is directing what's happening. But who, in, in fact, is the executive producer of this whole thing? Is it, it's, we actually know who it is, and he, we just mentioned him before. But, no, but who is, who's the person who got this ball rolling? Because, remember, we had the whole thing where she steals Vision. Yeah, she stole Vision, and, and it was in his will yeah, and, and he she would not re- to be resurrected because he didn't want to be a weapon. Right, and from what we know of Wanda, she would have. First off, how 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 this you know synthetic human has a will? Thank you. That's what I said. First can you off, imagine him sitting down. I actually, I can. Like, <clears throat> I can because he's proper British. I mean, it just seems like the very vision thing to do, but also completely wild. But it's um, so. All of a sudden, this footage is coming out. No one's mentioned this footage. Like, uh, you know, Detective Dickface, or whatever we're calling him. It's like, we he's never mentioned this. That all of a sudden, she, he's, she has stolen Vision. And it almost feels like this is what Wanda wouldn't do. Because when mm-hmm. she, she loved Vision, she would respect his wishes. You know, she would move on. Yeah. 
But That's again, right. she has created the world, but who has planted the seed? Who is pushing her this? And, and she even says this in the in the in the credits argument, which is uh, a fantastic scene where she's like, I don't know how we got here. I just know I'm basically running this thing. Yeah. And so that's that's the big question. So this is it is and it isn't Arwanda. Like it is Arwanda is very protective because she wants children and she wants vision back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she doesn't know really what's driving her to create create all this really. Correct. Yeah, that's that's what I got from that whole scene was um, it almost it almost felt like um, again we're gonna keep referring to Age of Ultron and if you guys have not seen the joke that every time you finish a, uh, an episode of WandaVision it recommends that you watch Age of Ultron <laughs> every single time. Yes. So I'm gonna keep recommending Age of Ultron, uh, which has a lot of good parts but is not great not that great of an MCU movie. It almost feels like it's when Wanda puts the the people. The, the, the Avengers under her spell, like, uses her powers and makes them, like, see different stuff. You know, yeah. Thor basically saw, um, you know, all the stones and everything like that. Um, Tony saw every, all, all the Avengers were dead except him. And it was, you know, it's supposed to be a prelude to, uh, you know, Endgame or Infinity War specifically. So that's what I got from it. That's that's what I'm thinking. It's almost like if, if Agatha Harkness is the real villain maybe she kind of put um wanda under that kind of trance and she being wanda is excelling under the trance he's almost taking control of said trance i'm still wondering if agatha is still the main puppet master here if she's not the MSA of Rachel's point. So she that's what i'm saying she's she's like so i was saying we're like just to go with the tv show optic here analogy i guess you know wanda's the director agatha's the producer but who's the executive producer who's the man who's the man woman or being in charge of agatha you know what i mean so agnes and you know that's the big question here i think we're gonna it this is gonna be a uh, a multi-level reveal here i don't think this is just gonna be like ah it was agatha all along with uh the hammer in the library. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it's like, she's going to, thanks for the <laughs> little clue joke for everybody. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of reveals. Like this finale is going to be bonkers. The Bobcat. It's going to go, it's going to go really, really wild. Again, that was a really yeah. deep cut Disney afternoon reference, but, and uh, I think we're going to see, um, I think we talked about this before, Al, uh, that this is kind of, or maybe it's another podcast. It's like, Westview is kind of be like akin to Doctor Who. This is the the Cardiff. This is the where the time rift is happening. Where the multiverse week. is is going to be peeling open mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, and I, I had a question for Rachel. I'm just trying to form it again. Oh yeah, I have for this one. And we talked a, a little bit about this uh, last week. So clue you in a little bit. Um, the 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 intro, uh, not the the reintroduction of Darcy, and plus the magnificent uh, Jimmy Woo, um, it made us kind of feel like we need an MCU version of X Files, um, and uh, a v- very viral tweet uh, actually got the uh, got the dude, and basically basically an audition for Marvel Studios, which is pretty cool. So if you guys saw that that viral tweet, the one guy said, "Oh man, put Jimmy Woo in an you know." 
in a MCU X Files, uh, and please just let me direct an episode or whatever. And now apparently he's got a a, a job interview. So that's pretty sick. Hmm, yeah. If it was that easy, I would have done that shit like ten Seriously. years ago. You just I mean, to be Al, like, you literally do it all the time. It but... happens occasionally. <laughs> occasionally, uh, twice a month. Rachel, my question for you is: Is this a show that you would want to see? And what did you think so far of uh, of this kind of expanded cast outside of the uh, the actual TV show that we're watching? I think that's a fantastic idea because Jimmy Woo is great. Um, and like literally you mentioning that and I'm picturing it and it would be so like, that would be so good. That'd be so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with all of the shit that like comes with living in the Marvel universe. Um, and all the aliens and super beings and creatures and all that. Um, I think that'd be awesome. And I think that something they probably are spinning off of due to the success of the Mandalorian is this idea of, introducing these characters into a show and then you have so many options for spinoffs as opposed to movies where you have to like live up to a movie hype but with a show it's a little different because you can establish a character in a show okay now you're connected to this character now we're going to do a show about them like uh from from star wars ahsoka is a big one yeah she started in the show people got attached to her and now that she's getting her own show, everybody's like, oh, my God, it's going to be in the Soka show. And, like, mm-hmm. it's really genius on their part. Um, yeah. Because they can yeah. spin off upon spin off upon spin off and tie them in however they want to. I had a, yeah. I had a question uh, for Go. everyone is that uh, when we're speaking about Jimmy and Darcy, when they're with Monica and uh, Kat, you actually referenced the line before. You said, well, he almost beat she almost beat Thanos. Mm-hmm. Had he not in, done the blitz, and he's like, "Well, Captain Marvel would have done it," and she immediately shuts down. So, mm-hmm. I'd love to get everyone's as someone that, like very. I've mentioned it a million times. Have not finished all the MCU. Have not seen Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. I'm going to correct that this year. Uh, but why that reaction? Yeah. And what do you guys think that means? It's all speculation. I mean, we, we know that she's going to be um, in Captain Marvel two, but basically, you know, Captain Marvel set. In the 90s, when she is a, a young girl, uh, we see her her mother is uh, Carol's age. Um, so that that was like her aunt. That was like her, you know, her her best friend. And basically, I think the my theory is that they have never reconnected since. So that I think that's I think that's like so she is aware of her as being a sword agent, but then she has never gone out to you know, Carol has another has never tried to reach out or there's just bad blood there maybe because the mom specifically but that's where i'm yeah at. did carol yeah. go to the mom's funeral she would have if she like cared yeah I, I think it has something to do with monica feeling abandoned like captain marvel is basically my aunt but did she come back when my mom got sick probably not i mean it's it's kind of a joke even with fans of like why don't they just call captain marvel and end this today but it's like she's got other shit to do that's like more important off planet, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Um, I imagine it had something to do with that. But 
clearly it's like a heavy plot point because yep. she says it very clearly and then they cut to Jimmy Woo and he raises his eyebrows and then they cut to Darcy and she raises his eyebrows. So in case we miss it the first second, they had to add a third time. There's a lot That's of true. looks. There's a lot of raised, very thick raised eyebrows in that scene. Uh, yeah, and, and for the people who are complaining, and I feel like it was Kat, but specifically the people online complaining. <laughs> wow. Of what, well, wow. no, I think, I think, I think she jam. mentioned this and she just spit <laughs> It's a jam. Uh, uh, Cast like, yeah. like I hope the rest of that it. beer sucks. Basically, uh, people people online specifically complaining about like how did she know or how did they know um, that Wanda almost beat Thanos single handedly, which I have brought up. I also brought up on this podcast before that that is she is easily the most powerful of uh, of. The Avengers. I'm going to just say that. But people complaining of, like, how does she know that? Or how do they know that? Because I think Jimmy Woo is the one who says it. Well, Jimmy Woo knows everything. First of all, A, you're right. Jimmy Woo knows everything. B, it, it has to be world known, the events of that day. Like, it has to be. It really does. I mean, do you think... Okay, okay. If, if, if that's true, Al, does that mean that there's a group of people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for like, man, fuck Star-Lord. Who's this guy? It's because of him why my family member was gone for five years. Well, they wouldn't know about that because that happened on like another planet in another yeah. galaxy. But the same thing happened with when Scarlet Witch was going after Yeah, Scarlet. that happened no, in upstate New York. First off, she doesn't, have a, she doesn't have a weird nickname. We Jimmy Woo established that. We gotta oh, respect sorry. the Woo. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Hashtag <laughs> um, respect the Woo. Respect the woo. Respect yeah. the woo. If, if you learned anything, I, I mean, if that was if that's the if that's the X Files show called Respect the Woo, I'm in. Give it an Emmy it. now. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like yeah, Cole's right. It's in upstate New York. Do you think Stark, uh, the, the 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 Avengers facility didn't have any outside cameras? Like there had to have been some recording of well, this. I also just assume that everybody involved in that that was still alive was told them, you know, debriefed or yeah, yeah, or what or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't, know. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, actually. All right. Uh, I was kind of more. I didn't like that line just because it sounded like a talking point in, yes. in an interview. It, it kind of just took me out of it for a second. Yes, but that's what I, I. I had no issues with like how does she know that I had other issues where how does she know that but with that line in particular it just felt too much like um a bunch of fans on a podcast talking about who would beat so-and-so i was like i don't need to see me yeah, in this what, show literally i think i would like I got, to see me on a i show. got that exact thing but in a in a heartwarming way because it's like these people work for these organizations right. and they're diehard fans it's like the reason yeah. they <laughs> wanted to join these things yeah that's true that's right. I mean, look, uh, at, look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a huge, yeah. like, he, Spider-Man's such a wee for, for superheroes. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to chime in was, was, it's funny because when Bryant and I were watching this episode, he said the exact same thing because, um, like, I read comics and he doesn't. And he's like, well, wait, isn't that her friend's daughter? Why is she all mad? And I, was, I said the same thing. I was like, because Carol left. And granted, it's not... I mean, they kind of imply it, I feel like, in the movie, but it's very well established in the comics that, like, Carol's not the most responsible adult. <laughs> I can absolutely see her being too scared or too, like, ashamed or whatever to come back and face Monica 
especially. I'm sure that she attended the funeral, but it was one of those where, like, Monica wouldn't have known she was there. Monica's probably under the impression that Carol Wait, had forgotten all about but, her. But was Monica there? But what was was Geraldine there? If she was blipped out of existence, didn't know her mom was dead. But she knew her mom was sick because she was at the hospital. Right. But yes. yeah, we were yeah. Talk- yeah, we mentioned the funeral. That's why I was just confused. I'm like, wait, was yeah, she funeral, there? Funeral, no, yeah. the mom getting say, sick. Yeah. Okay, mentioned her having cancer, but... Uh, the mom sorry. has cancer. Has, okay. She had... Oh, sorry. She They had surgery. It went really well. She gets blipped out of existence, comes back, finds out the mom died two years later. So she didn't even get to bury her mom. Right. Which sucks. Uh, also, more... More specifically, her having cancer, I feel like there's a connection where Monica could potentially believe that Carol gave Ooh, her cancer. Oh, man. Good, good. Which, by the way, is also hinted at in Monica's uh, x-rays or something and her blood test not coming up, which initially I was like, oh, maybe because she has radiation because she was in the hex, and that's why there's no um, x-rays coming up because there's radiation, you're not going to be able to see it. But some people think that that's alluding to her Captain Marvel powers. Yeah, I mean, I think we're actually seeing her origin of how she becomes a superhero in the show. That's good. Yeah. Cool. They're doing that here so they don't have to bother with it in Captain Marvel 2. Yes. I'm, I don't, I'm not super familiar with that character. Maybe you know more about it, Rachel. But I think her powers is that she can, like, manipulate and become energy. And that's what it kind of looked like to me with the with the x-rays, so maybe they're kind of getting that out of the way in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also... The the other implication I got from that is that everybody in that town is dying. Yeah, like, that's slowly, that's not true. Yeah. Which yeah. just made it even dark. Dying, dying is... That sucks. That is, that's pretty dark. But this show got really dark. I like, I I like how Cole, a lot of Cole's things are... They're just corpses. They're yeah. all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead, no. dude. They're all dead. But, <laughs> before we get on to like the next segment where we talk about I would about, like to bring up something that I think oh, is very I, important. I had something to bring up. Oh, mine was really trivial, but Okay. No. All right. Oh. Um all right. Well mine's trivial ish. So I, I spoke about it um no. I spoke about it with uh, our past guest star, uh Nick Picaro, and we talked briefly. I, I, I said I love the use of of silence in this episode um, where, you know, the laugh track gets cut out, the music gets cut out and vision is starting to realize that none of this is not even that it's not real, but none of this is right. So I want to just talk, let's just talk about, you know, continuing the horror element in this, uh, in this episode. I'm going to start with Rachel. What did you think of that? So one thing I wanted to bring up real quick, speaking of vision, a little bit of a backtrack, but also current. Um, The fact that like when um, Wanda breaks in and steals his body, something I thought was very interesting was that what what were they doing? Because his body was in pieces. And if she found out his body was in pieces and they were like doing something to it, she would have like lost her shit, which she clearly did. Um, but I think that that's kind of like, like a horrific thing to show. It's like, granted, like, what if that was a person? If that was a person and they were all split up like that, we would have been like, whoa, that's really fucked up. But like, because they're like, oh, it's a synthetic being. But like, that's really like traumatizing for her. 
Um, and yeah, there's suddenly all this like death and stuff that she's not comfortable with and like reality, like scary. <laughs> reality scary is kind of like what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. Bill or Cole or whoever wants to speak first. I'm going to say Bill. Bill, you had something to say. Yeah. Oh, no. Can... Mine was so trivial. It was about um, Vision's dad clothes in this episode. Oh, like, yes. like he, I trivial. literally am watching him. I'm like, my dad owned every single one of these pieces of clothing. <laughs> Mostly this, the picture in Al's background, the flannel and the tucked in jeans. I was like, I, wow, I am, I am ages four through 14 right now. Um, <laughs> Bill, but you're pretty much wearing that shirt right now. Yeah. Oh my god, you are. I mean, my 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 my. This is more green, but also it's uh, it's uh, not tucked into my uh, jeans. I, I mean, we can. I I do want to talk more about the like the horror element. I was, I was. I mean, let's talk about that. But can we also briefly just talk about how they try to incorporate incorporate the entire decade in this episode, like to the T? Like literally, look at the, my background. It's like the very bland 80s and the oh my god look at me now 80s that yeah that's a lot. it was a lot of hair i, I have too. so many strong feelings about all of the illusions in this episode it was incredible i, I felt all of them yeah i um i think Bill. the horror is like that's and i think the horror really came in like the big moment was the norm conversation that to me was the one that really just like takes you it takes you out of the episode, not in a way where like, oh, I can't watch this, but it, it it breaks. It's this great break from the let's let you know the government trying to figure stuff out and the the sitcom world. It's this crazy break, even more so than the can we take it from the top. That was kind of like the taste of things to come. The Norm scene when Norm just is he is such a he's a cartoon character. Norm, he's just like, well, I better get a letter opener to open this email. Is this going to find me a wife? And, he, and then all of a sudden it's like when he touches his temples and he just literally goes from hey to, oh my God, you have to save me. It is one of the scariest things I think they've done in Marvel where it's just because it's this real, like not like, oh my gosh, there's this alien that's going to, you know, uh, send this building on top of me or, Oh, there are space invaders shooting stuff at me. This is like, Oh my God, this person is inside my brain and they, I can only hear their voice and I am not myself. My father is dying. I need to find him. You need to save me. That's, that was frightening to watch. That is that it gives me chills. just thinking about that scene because it's just so out of what this series has been, but it's, a taste this again is a taste of things to come because we're going to start getting into that this descent into madness this tearing in her wanda's real this reality that's been creating everything is going to start falling apart and we're kind of seeing that being embodied by the falling apart in some ways of vision and wanda's relationship mm -hmm. oh and then you know vision's uh you know corpse imploding in that episode three uh four yeah. i should say that you know it's just the walking corpse um uh, I, I, it's great that you bring that up because that, that was probably the, the longest instance of horror, right? It was it was terrifying. I do want to bring up how amazing Catherine Hahn is. Obviously, we've talked about it every episode. She's phenomenal. Praise praise Catherine Hahn. Praise me. But the reason you pick her is for this episode specifically because of the 
the way that she doesn't understand how she keeps having everything they need at all times and she's finally re- like she, I, I i don't know i don't know how i don't have a i was like holy shit like she's terrified that she doesn't know how these keep things keep appearing in her hands and it started all the way back with the 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 pineapple wow i i read that scene so differently al i think that that's all an act no because if, if you, I, if, I think that from, I, yeah, I agree with that part yeah from from my perspective this is something that Cole and I have talked about. If you actually watch the first episode, the second you go all the way through, mm-hmm. everything that has happened leading up to this episode has been heavily encouraged by Catherine Hahn. She's mm-hmm. the one who's really trying to get them to have sex in the first episode. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. the one who's really like supportive of the babies and her having the baby and trying to get Geraldine out. And she's trying to get her like really involved with the town and just do everything that you need to do. We're here for you. Also, she's like there with the dinner. She knows everything that's going on. I'm almost certain she was the one who put Sparky the dog in the yard for the kids to find because she immediately shows up with a doghouse. Mm-hmm. And she also immediately tries to like take over the baby's like, don't worry, I got them. And then very, very conveniently off camera, they age up. And Catherine Hahn is there again when they're about to age up another time oh, yeah. after um, after the dog dies and they're trying to get out of this. Agatha wanted those babies to be born. She wants them to, to get older. She wants them to have powers. She wants them to be what they're supposed to be. And from my perspective, she is absolutely running the show. I'm not sure she's doing it alone, though. Yeah, I think that she's doing it with someone else. Um, and that whole exchange of like, you can bring things back to life. That was so fake Yeah, because she wants Wanda to bring someone mm. back to life. I don't know if that's Mephisto or whatever, Yeah, but to mm. me, it, the whole thing is an act because she is so integral and she's like the strings in every single scene. Whenever Wanda needs something, Catherine Hahn is there. Yeah, I think it's also significant that she shows up with the doghouse, and the doghouse says Sparky on it, and she's the one that's like, yes. oh, we should call the dog Sparky. Like, and yeah. she, she has no reaction to Wanda doing magic. She's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Let's see if the dog stays the same size. It's all fake. Well, also, when she first shows up in this episode, um, yeah. you, you know, it, it, fe- it feels like when she's like, Maybe we should take that from the top. I feel like that line is both written ambiguously and she also performs it ambiguously. Mm-hmm. Like one way you could see it is like she's asking Wanda, oh, should we take that from the top? But another way I think you could just as easily read it is she's kind of commanding Wanda, yes. Let's, we should take we should take that from the top, wow. right? Because I need to take care of the babies because <laughs> Vision says don't let her. And she's like, yeah. no, no, we're going to do it again because... I need to age up the babies. Yeah, it's- and they age up while they're under her care. Also, yeah. when she shows up and she says, let's take this again from the top, um, the babies stop crying. The audience stops laughing. Like, everything stops when she does that. And they, they're trying to get the babies to stop crying, and they, they stop crying immediately. And then once everything kind of goes back to normal, then 
they they start crying again. And she's the one who finds the dog. Like it, it's so clear if you watch back from the beginning that every time a new thing is moving forward, Catherine Hahn was part of it. It's yeah. really it's a, listen. That is an A plus 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 theory because I didn't read it that way in any way. I do feel obviously she's involved or maybe was involved and lost control because. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because of the way that she does that scene is the opposite of when Vision is talking to his coworker. In the <laughs> sense, it's like I am a, I am a hundred percent of aware of the situation now. I've woken up a little bit and I'm stuck here, so I'm gonna just do as the rules say and let me make my master happy. Otherwise, she might banish me like she did Geraldine because. Having the conversation with uh, with Herb, it seems like they were of the same mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, he was trying to give Vision more information. And he, she was like, you know what? No, because it's going to fuck everything up for everyone. She's going to just kill us all or something. But, you know but I mean? if you remember, Catherine Hahn was also the one who told Vision, like, Geraldine is in there. And we don't really yeah. want that. Of course she doesn't want a sword agent near Wanda mm-hmm. because she wants those babies for herself. I again, I think you might be right, but I think I'm I think I'm also a little right on that on the she has lost control of the situation. Well, Rachel, would you you had something? Yeah, Rachel, you wanted to say something. Uh one, like Kat was saying, where she seems very aware of what's happening. Uh Agnes and Speaking of, Agnes, Agatha, very close together. And outside of when, like, Vision brings uh, Norm back, and Norm's, like, freaking out, oh, my God, help me, I have to help my family, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen to Agnes. Agnes is like, should we take it from the top? And she's not, she doesn't sound scared. She sounds like, yeah, we we need to do this because you you want me to hold the babies. This is the way it's supposed to go. For you and what you want. Uh, and then final point is that uh, Tommy and Billy are, I believe Al and Cole might know this a little better than me, but aren't they part of Mephisto? They, they're, uh, they become Avengers. Uh, they become heroes in their own right in the Young Avengers series. They become uh, two characters called Speed and Wiccan. Um, Wiccan is kind of like the like a young male Scarlet Witch type, and Speed's like a young Quicksilver type. Mm-hmm. I, um, so I they kind of fill that. those archetypes in Young Avengers. I yeah, had... but what Rachel's bringing up is in that twelve issue like limited series from like the eighties. There yeah. is there is an element of basically Wanda um, uses her powers to will the babies into existence. Yeah. And yeah. and then you find out that they are not real and they were all in her head. And then basically she makes a deal or something with Mephisto to make them alive. Make yeah. Them real. Something like that. I think that's what Rachel's getting okay, at. I, okay. Yeah, because I, yeah, I was involved with them in some way, which yeah. again leads me to believe that he's now involved in this, which would also make sense as to trying to like rip into um, the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's he's trying. I don't know if like he. I don't know if like he's trying to come through, or like Cat said, if he's trying to like be born or whatever. 
Oh, like a Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby, or like um, no, like a help, more like Hellboy, where like using a proxy to bring like the um, that villain in the first movie into the world. Can't, mm-hmm. remember, can't remember the goddamn name. Yeah, no, I. That does feel a lot like Rosemary's Baby. It feels like Wanda's being like gaslit into like giving birth to the Antichrist or Antichrists, as it were. Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this episode, guys, but we have we have way more to discuss, and we're gonna we're gonna try to move it along to our, our next topic is this episode of WandaVision is sponsored by where we break down the fucked up commercial this week oh my god oh man i I, listen i've been loving these commercials um this is our first i I, correct me if i'm wrong first returning cast member in the commercial well same two people yeah same two people man good makeup in the first one because totally different to me yeah. Okay, so we get the same people again, um, this time for a um, paper towel brand, which is so, so 80s, and I love it. Um, but quick, quick question it, about those two. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Al. I, no. I need to clarify because this is bothering me. Is he the mailman? No. No, okay. no but he looks like him. Like Fair him. question. Because okay, I was like, is it the same guy, but like with a hat? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. The mailman is really the mailman. No, is the mailman. We saw an episode two, and there's uh, definitely something up with him. Yeah, got it. Yeah, he's creepy. And he, he might be Mephisto for all we know. Oh shit, Honestly. that's good casting too. Oh well, uh, he he's kind of got that. The, the characters I remember Mephisto from my Marvel cards back in 1990 and 1991. He's kind of got those <laughs> shaggy. He's kind of got that shag hair like that too, and I'm like. Eh, maybe I'm still wondering what's happened to the beekeeper because I'm just like was Same. the do- was the dog the beekeeper like do we change him into the beekeeper and <laughs> oh, now he's God. dead was the dog the beekeeper that would be really that be- probably they, they would do that they would do that the show is just well because no they kill it they kill the dog and I'm like well why all of a sudden would you kill the dog you know and it was just like I don't know just it was just a random random it's crazy how deep you can get into every single aspect of the show it's insane and we're going to talk about that specifically with this commercial because i think this was the not the least subtlest not a word um the least subtle the least most overt most overt thanks that's way better super on the nosy Super on the nosy. This was definitely the super on the nosy but um the the paper towels are shown uh you know that that classic like their brand versus the other leading brand and it's way better and the other leading brand uh spills the uh like fruit punch or whatever it is and you kind of see it like dripping like blood and the paper towels are lagos branded paper towels which is beyond fucked up in so many levels and we talked about how over the last five episodes that these commercials could possibly be based on wanda's life and memories and all of these things because you know there's still theories that you know we're in wanda's mind or whatever like there's a lot of things that could be happening right now but the commercials themselves being based off her memories makes total sense we saw a stark toaster we saw a strucker watch um hydra soap hydra soap and now lagos branded paper towels uh what did you guys think what did you say 
No. I was going to say, I love that the tagline is basically like, for when you make an oopsie war crime, just yep. use Lagos paper towels. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with Kat, because you have thoughts. Uh, what did you think of this commercial? Are, are we looking at the, you know, potentially the best commercial yet? Um, it was extremely disturbing. So like, disturbing. The, the the moment that the that the punch falls over, you're just like, wow, that looks a lot like blood. Mm-hmm. That's that's just really bad. And yeah, it, it had like the most overt tagline of like, yikes, this this is really going there. And um, I think there's even the line in it, like, for even when your husband makes a mess too. Uh, they say like husbands can use it too because he like spills a beer. Yeah, so yeah. So Al, you could use it. <laughs> you could use Cheers. it with your um, not Reese's branded beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really fucked up. But um, have you, have you read Al about this like theory going around with the stones? You should talk about it. Cold. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. The, that's that's where we learned about it. it was in our chat uh, with them. Oh. Um, yep. Yeah, which I'm like totally convinced is a thing um, okay. that all the items in the commercial. I don't know what it means, but I think they are referencing all the Infinity Stones. Okay, we brought that up. Can you walk us through that? So, first episode, there's the Stark Toaster, which almost certain that is referencing Vision himself, because that's what Vision is. He's a Stark Toaster. Mm -hmm. There's a running gag in the comics that Wanda calls him a talking toaster. And, and the flashing light on his head, like where the Mind Stone is. Yeah, yeah so that's the Mind Stone. Um, second commercial is the Strucker Watch. So obviously the Time, the time Stone, stone. Mm-hmm. the Eye of Agamotto or whatever. Um, the third one is the Hydra Soak. And never considered, but, you know, it, it's like in a blue cardboard box like a square box like not a tesseract a cube it looks like the tesseract it literally looks like it. yeah and then in the lagos commercial you know we see the you know the 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 fruit punch spilling on the table which you know we we in one way take to presume is the blood of the people that wanda accidentally killed in lagos but also it does look like uh the the ether or the the, the whatever the thing in Thor the Dark World, the red, gooey stuff, that's the reality stuff. The goo that the went ether. into the knowledge. Yeah. Would, wouldn't it make more sense for it to be the soul stone? Because the you have to sacrifice Because you have to sacrifice someone? You know? I, I just think, I, I'm only thinking it's the reality stone, because just visually the red punch just looks like the ether, like the way it was depicted in uh, Thor the Dark World, and... Yeah, so now that means there's two stones left for them to reference in the 90s and a 2000s commercial of some kind. What two would that be? Soul? Uh, the Power Stone and the Soul Stone. Oh my god, 90s. It could be like a like a um, an, a jazzercise. Like or energy drink. Yes, I was like going to say that. Or it, energy. I think it's like a jazzercise it's ball. It's Billy Blanks. Or it's like a Nerf ball. Yeah, or an energy drink. Like, like a, I said for the like those connects things. Like the I don't know what they were. It was like a a thing you would pull out and it would like expand. It kind of looks like the ball thing that the power stone mm. is encased in. in That's in good. A See, they, should, they should just make it Power Stone the video game. Oh, let's oh, go. oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be like a, a PS One game. Oh yeah. man, that'd be great. <laughs> Or, or, a, think, or a Super Nintendo. 
Yeah. Or, uh, or they don't even Soul reference Stone. it as Power Stone. They just like put it and then you just push the button and it's uh, whatever the Power, power. Stone color, color is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, video games I, would be perfect. It would be perfect. <laughs> I, I think the Soul Stone, if, it's, if they do that in the 2000s, it could very easily be those like rock salt lights you get at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. I, I don't know why. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. That feels very 2000s, like like the crystal. Yes. Yeah. Get some essential oils in there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought this. Right. I I like this commercial a lot, man, because you know you would always have the quicker, thicker picker upper, or you know, with the bl- the bl- the Obrani and the the blind taste tests and the cleaners would be like, look how much this person's like this brand is this. It, it was just such a great homage to the eighties, like everything was, you know, from the opening credits with the really sappy ballad, would showing pictures of them as children, mm-hmm. especially uh, Vision Chef as a kiss. child. Uh, yeah, it was, it was so good. That was fantastic. And then I, him is a, then him is a turkey. Come on. I was starting to freak out the moment we see young Vision. Because I'm like, Megan, he was never a baby. Never yeah. seen. Not a baby. I, I wanted to bring that up. Because it's interesting <laughs> that, like, obviously they have photos of him as a little yeah. kid. But they definitely have, like, a picture of Elizabeth Olsen. As like uh, she looks like she's in front of the Berlin Wall or yeah. something. So obviously that's like her in war torn Sokovia, yeah. which is a bit anachronistic. So there are real pictures of her, but fake ones of Vision. Yeah, there there is so much going on. That's so great. My, my heart rate was accelerating the moment the credits started. I was like, oh my god, growing pains, yep. family ties. We even referenced Full Full House. I was like, yeah. wouldn't it be funny if they did it? And then they fucking did it. Yeah. And then we probably watched those credits like four, four or five times. Yeah. Well, Rachel, what did you think about the commercial? Rachel? Unmute. I, I didn't hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hit the button, guys. All I'm drinking tonight is tea, so... Um, I really like the commercial. Um, what's funny is that, like, the main thing that I was focused on, I don't know what this says about me, was you guys are like, oh, it immediately, ref- like, made, it looks like blood. And I'm like, man, of course the husband spills his fucking beer and then she's got to clean it up because yeah. this is an 80s. Commercial. <laughs> this is some bullshit. And, like, yeah. that's what I took from it. <laughs> And then, the, and then the Lagos thing. I was like, oh, that's messed up. But I was like, misogynistic bullshit coming through. Like, that was my focus. Mm-hmm. But I love, I mean, I love that, like, that was the point. Um, and obviously not the whole point. But, like, that's the point of them doing those commercials is because they were so absurd. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, it's, I, I think now that we have this, uh, this idea of each ep- each commercial referencing a bunch of things in her life, but also the Infinity Stones, is very interesting in the sense well, that... Well, I didn't, I didn't even think of the stone thing, so, like, Cole going through that, I was like, oh, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's all come together. Yeah, it, it just... I, I think these are just little Easter eggs, though, for us, because I, yeah. think, I think we're done with the Infinity Stones, like, yeah. as a whole. Um, but it's just fun. Those those commercials are amazing, and they really break up. They add more tension sometimes, specifically this episode. But they really do break up 
um, what we're experiencing from now now from both sides of the the hex, whether inside or out. Um, so I believe, Bill, we're going into our final segment of WandaVision. Wanda uh, Distance. Wanda Distance. Is it a gas or is it trash? Gas or trash. Um, so gas or trash. We, uh, we use a great rating system of one to ten hexes. Give us your general thoughts of the episode. Uh, you know, we, we could talk about where we're potentially going, but that's basically this entire podcast. Is uh, I, I really specifically want to know... Your thoughts on will we get a mutant connection or not by the end of the series? So general thoughts of the episode, give us your rating, one to ten hexes, and then mutants or no mutants. Uh, start with Kat. Um, <clears throat> I uh, really enjoyed this episode. I had small issues with it, but not, not anything major. I would give it eight out of ten hexes. Um, I loved all of the illusions. They were so incredibly spot on to the point where after we watched them, I went to like YouTube and started watching like old episodes of Family Ties because it just reminded me of how great that show is. Um, I I think this show is so smart and there's so much going on. I definitely anticipate there will be a mutant, if not very overt multiverse connection by the end of this series for sure. Um, but I was honestly surprised not that Pietro quote unquote, that's him showed up, but that he showed up so early. Um, we still have four episodes left. Yeah. Um, so we're only halfway through or we've just officially passed halfway through um, for what's coming next. Um, I think that for the 90s, if they decide to age up the kids more to them being teens, I anticipate that they will either reference Saved by the Bell or uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If they keep the kids as kids and they're not teenagers, then I think they could do something like Boy Meets World or something. Um, Because I've been trying to think... I, I like put on basically like a tinfoil hat trying to figure out like, why are they choosing these specific shows? Like there were tons and tons of 80s sitcoms. Why growing pains and why family ties? And I would argue in both of those shows that the father figures were really like the leading um, cast members there. And so I think it's fascinating that, the show is flipping that on it and clearly Wanda is in charge to the point where she's like, your dad's getting like too nosy. So I'm just going to fake send him to work. So he has something to do. Um, on a Saturday. On a Saturday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the show is great. Oh, also one final comment. I don't know if this means anything, but I can't get it out of my head. There is a plastic toy tiger on the table during the episode and it's constantly facing the twins. And uh, Catherine Hahn makes a comment that she's like a tiger. Yeah, she says, you can't tame this tiger. You can't tame this tiger. I don't know what this means. This could be nothing. This is called... No, that, that's, that's... Nothing is nothing. <laughs> I, that's called, I've watched like way too much Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, one last thing about Catherine Hahn. If in the background of uh, uh, Jimmy Woo Center, they have this cork board yep. that's connecting uh, all of these people outside of Westview, and it has all their New Jersey license plates next to everybody except for Catherine Hahn. There's no driver's license there, and yep. that's because she's not part of Westview. She is something else. That's she's idea. the missing. She's the missing person turned fugitive. Maybe. Well, I think Dottie doesn't have one either. Yeah. Yeah, she's so got to be something too. I, I, that's why I keep thinking that uh, um, she's a, um, that Catherine Hahn's character is a red herring. Yeah, I, I or know. she's working with somebody else. But anyway, uh, eight out of ten hexes. Love it. Would watch it. I hope they call it Jimmy Blue Center from now on. <laughs> Jimmy Blue <Woo> Center. <laughs> Love we'll meet back at Jimmy Center at 0600. Um, Rachel, your uh, your rating general thoughts, and mutant or no mutant? Uh, I, I want chat on the rating. I was, was thinking an eight, as excited as I was for uh, Evan Peters. Um, I'm sure I'll give the next episode more because he's hopefully more um, present. I agree, too, with the sitcoms they're probably going to go for. I'm thinking... Definitely Saved by the Bell and Fresh Prince, just because those were like, those are the two big ones. Like you, you have to mention, um, if they're going with stuff that's, you know, like the most popular, most relevant, don't shake your head at me, Bill. No, something else. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, but I, yeah. I I overall really liked it. I feel like you. I I felt like this episode. You really feel like the strings are coming apart. Like um, whether she does or doesn't have an idea of what's going on. Like Wanda's not all there. She's I don't know if she's like suffering some kind of like psychotic break or what. But it's just like I, I don't know. This episode had a lot of a lot of build, a lot of unraveling, and I feel like the next episode is going to be like, uh, like they're about to have this big talk, and then suddenly they're interrupted, and yeah, I just yeah, really, uh, really enjoyed it. I feel like there's so much more to explore, um, and they killed a dog, so I can't give a 10 out of 10 on an episode where hear that. a puppy died. You mean they killed the beekeeper who they turned into a dog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that is such a dumbest, the theory. dumbest theory. <laughs> what a crackpot theory that is. Um, what was the actual uh, rating, Rachel? Eight. And did you say yeah. mutant, mutant or no mutant? Do you mean like do I think the mutants are coming? Do you, Do you think that we are going to get some implication outside of just uh, Evan Peters existing that like a blatant at the end of the season? an opening for the mutants to come into the MCU proper. I do. Because they have so many, they have so many things in the works. Mm -hmm. And this is, like I said, what we've learned from their past shows, this is how they, they do their kickoffs and their tie-ins. And those actors need to watch themselves because honestly, with this show, they could keep some of them and they could like just recast them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent accurate. Um, I, before I forget, I just want to say that if it's not like either Boy Meets World or Full House themed next week, it makes zero sense. Because what if Kat have already said is is Pietro taking on the Uncle Jesse role? 
that's, yeah, it just that's, makes, that's absolutely, yeah. It makes so much sense. That, he's got the leather jacket and, like, oh, the hair, yeah, yeah. and he's like, look who's lost cousin, or lost brother yeah. showed up. It's yeah. it's saved by the de- saved by the bell. It's born in world. It's it's specifically full house. Uh, Bill, one what's interesting to me about the '90s and how we ended that last episode is one thing they they started doing with the '90s and or maybe it's this, the 2000s is divorce is a big factor that plays into a lot of shows. So I'm wondering, do we see that with Wanda and Vision falling out? Is that going to happen? That's a question I have. Um, I don't know if they'll go that far, but that is something as a theme that's played in the 90s and 2000s more than uh, obviously the 50s through the 80s. As for me on rating of the episode, I'm going to go with this as, um, like I did with last week, I'm going to go with this with a 9. I really loved this episode, and the reason I did was because I felt that it was the best of both worlds. I mean, this was your sitcom, you know, homage slash subversion, as well as uh, how the cake was made, like how, um, you know, we're seeing the other side. And that was probably, as opposed to last week, which was just like a big exposition dump, this is more refined. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought that that final scene where, where Vision we see him breaking out. We're seeing actual real acting. This isn't just like we're winking at the camera. This is real dramatic pieces here where Vision yells, I'm scared. I don't know who I am. And then she delivers that line, you're my husband, you're a father. Like that was some really, really dramatic moments here. And it's just really awesome to see that in this show, which, you know, you know, does it need to take those dramatic moments? Probably not. Does not going to add, but it, it 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 adds so much to the story. I also like the fact Elizabeth Olsen is uh, in a show with twins. Obviously, her more famous sisters were in sitcoms with mm-hmm. as twins. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely think Full House and uh, like I said, divorce. That 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 idea still is out there for me. And um, are we going to see see mutants? I'm going to say no, because I feel like we're setting up a lot right now. Like we're, I feel like we're setting up Doctor Strange, uh, Captain Marvel, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we're setting up the Eternals and, and a couple other movies and shows that are coming out real soon. So I think maybe it's just, maybe not this movie, maybe Deadpool 3 is when we officially... Since that's they're already in that, I don't know, but I feel like there's so much this show has to introduce that I don't know if we're gonna see mutants in the series. I mean, I'm usually wrong, but uh, it's but I I think there's just way too much that they have to introduce, and I know they said Wanda's gonna be this big, you know, gateway drug type of show, but I, I don't think we're gonna see mutants unless he just comes out and says I was hanging at uh, you know the X Men's mansion, which. As an Uncle Jesse character, I could I could see Evan Peters saying that line. I was hanging out at the mutants only McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> my dad Magneto. Jeez. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty racist against us mutants. Anyway, how's the twins? Um, Those Sentinels, yeah. what a bummer. <laughs> I did love my favorite line in the whole episode is like are you ready to surf the wet, the internet? And he's like, Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes. 
That felt a little too 90s. I agree. That was more 90s than 80s. No, I was, it was, uh, it was around. It was around. I loved it. Um, it was very uh, Cal- It was very uh, fast times to me. For me. Yeah. yeah. I love how you said that this show is like a gateway show. I mean, you really have to think about the implications of this show. This is the first television series, or limited series, however you want to describe it, but it's, it is a series of some sort in... That takes place 100% not only in Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity, but run by Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. So this is a show that could introduce a gazillion different things and set up. It literally is the the setup for Phase 4. And Phase 4 could end with the inclusion of the mutants. So this is, is, it is a possibility that this is just a very brief small just sliver of an uh, introduction just like iron man was a sliver of an introduction to the avengers right but it's 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 nice to see him as quicksilver again even for the possibility of seeing that one day um i think cole is the last one cole Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give you just a reminder general thoughts hex rating mutant no mutant Okay. Um, I'll start with my rating. Uh, like I said, I, I'm kind of at the point now where I can't even like really compare these episodes to each other and, uh, you know, kind of rating this one. Uh, I, I guess I would give it a, like, I've, I think I've given every episode like a nine or an eight out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. Um, and, you know, just my whole feeling is the show's just been so consistent and so, uh, purposeful and how it's like doled out its storyline and mystery that you know it kind of feels like one experience to me but yeah i would give this episode a nine out of ten um my general thoughts are i think this might be my favorite era they've done so far even though i'm not like as familiar with 80s sitcoms but i i love that 80s intro they did i just loved how they were like them as like suburban but also like blue collar new jersey people I, I like something about that was just so like that was just so bizarre to me um like the like the west view like they were showing it in frontier times and then all their pictures and and i really want that painting of them no that horrible painting no, it's oh yes yes valley no <laughs> just yeah i i love that Weird. Is it weird that is it weird specifically that when I eventually will be in a back in an office setting, I don't want to picture I don't want to put a picture up of my son. I want to put a picture up of Young Vision. Yeah. Is that weird? Baby Vision. Baby Vision. Baby Vision rivals Baby Yoda. That was a huge picture. (laughs) I just want a little blush. I want a little blushy of him. Oh my god, they've already made it. it it's going to be at your doorstep in 30 seconds yeah. from Amazon. Um, that's yeah, the future. Gonna, you're going to have about six curated ads for that on your phone. Exactly. In a minute. Uh, I will. Uh, I... So, yeah, so, yeah, loved all that. Um, loved how, you, you know, like, kind of how Bill said, I loved how it was kind of a best of both worlds. I think this format is kind of what people have been ex- wanting the show to be from. Yeah the get-go and you know that's totally understandable and i think it's good that they're doing it now but i also do i did like how they were like 
at the beginning they were just straight on trying to be like a sitcom and then like just delving into creepiness but now like everything's like ratcheted up and like the the sitcom parts are even like more sitcom-y and the creepy parts are even creepier and scarier um i thought the scene with norm and then later when vision is confronting wanda about it i thought it was so uh like just so disturbing like it reminded me of get out like it feels like this whole town has been like put in the sunken place by wanda and Wanda might be in the sunken place for all we know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great that we don't me. know. Like, yeah. how great is that? Like, five yeah. episodes in, and we're still not spoiled. We're still asking these questions. We're still yeah. we're still making these crazy tinfoil hat theories. And that yeah. that's just... I, I, I can't say enough great things about the writing yeah. and pacing of the show. Yeah, and like, but they're not cheating because like they're I they know exactly where they're going. It's not kind of like a mystery box situation. They 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 figured out the ending before they figured out the beginning, and then they've figured out a way to like begin it at a compelling place where we have no idea what's going on and are like you know taken in by the mystery. Um, so yeah, really good episode. Um, mutants or no mutants? I'm kind of in between like. Uh, you guys and Bill, um, I, there will be mutants for sure. Um, we know they're going to do that eventually. Um, whether they're going to set it up in this show or not, I'm, I'm still not 100% on because, again, we have not seen Pietro actually use any mutant powers. He might be just a normal Westview uh, citizen that's been cast as Pietro. Um, I think that's very possible that, you know, they cast Evan Peters, maybe not so much as an indication that mutants are coming, but just as like a nod for fans. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be kind of disappointing if it, if it were, but also at the same time, like Bill said, we're setting up so much in the show. Like we're setting up multiverses and, uh, you know, pretty much all of phase four. And it's like, I don't know how mutants, factor into that because I, i'm not even sure how like multiverse is going to factor into it because you know up until now we have no idea if like wanda has that power it's very clear though that like her powers have evolved to some to some degree because they were under the impression she was doing illusions but as we learned in this episode she's actually like reforming matter yeah. um so so i'm not sure I, I think it would be great but um i'm kind of Undecided. I will say though, I do think this episode uh, is indicated to us that not mutants, but we might be seeing the Fantastic Four soon. Yeah. Um, Why is that? There's that one scene where Monica. They're trying to figure out a vehicle to go into the hex. Oh, I was was wondering. Was it the the Fantastic Car? No, 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 no. So, so, so they figure out that they can send that '80s drone into the '80s sitcom, mm-hmm. and it won't affect it. So then, afterwards, they're figuring out, okay, how can we build like a, a vehicle to go into the hex? And then Monica says, "I know an aeronautics engineer who'd be up to this task." And then she starts texting someone. No, she she says, "I know the perfect uh, uh, astrophysics engineer for this," oh, and then starts texting God. someone, but then stops. And we're like, is this Reed Richards? That has to be Reed Richards. He builds rockets. That's amazing. That's amazing. Honestly, that's a great. That was because that was, I unless unless this is how you debut Forge. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. the, sh- the shittiest <laughs> X Men. He can fix so that stuff. Maintenance. Unbelievable. Because um, when you watch every episode four times, which yeah. is we've done. Yeah. It's funny. I usually watch it. I usually, I usually watch it once, do this podcast, and then immediately want to go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, I'm gonna do. I'll be quick with mine because uh, we're, we want to wrap up soon. So um, I'm gonna give this episode a nine out of ten. Again, uh, Cole nailed it. It's just like every episode's good, and it keeps getting better and better. And it's like, how do you keep rating these um, without saying like, oh man, this was cool. So, because it is, it's true. Oh man, it's the coolest. Oh man, it's cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this episode. I thought that the balance was the hardest one they've done yet was balancing both worlds, um, basically half and half for the entire episode, and then still giving us, you know, these moments of just like absolute dread, um, which were at times just like I was taken aback. Like again, I, I mentioned. I mentioned the Catherine Hahn moment, which apparently might be bullshit, according to Kat, and I think she might be right. <laughs> um, uh, but specifically the Vision stuff, everything with that Vision went through in this episode, and also what Rachel mentioned of literally the dismembered Vision. Um, why is Vision dismembered? He only got his uh, head broken, so that's weird. Um, so yeah, um, and then Mutants, No Mutants, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for them to not at least give us some inclination of mutants by the end of this. It would be a disservice. Um, so that's my thoughts. And that is going to do it for Wanda Distance. Um, thank you guys for participating, as always, this weekly segment. Uh, I have a dog next to me now. little Dakota. Dakota. Um, I was wondering sure like, what those noises were. I was like... Yeah, well, he's looking. He wants, he wants to go out, probably. So um, we're going to go into the final segment, uh, which has evolved since the first season of the podcast, uh, and it's called "Pop Culture in a Time of Quarantine." There is no theme song. Bill has retired from the the theme song game. Um, it's true. I mean, I sing uh, the other theme song for the other podcast, so that's true. Fine. Exactly. Uh, but basically, just a. a one or multiple pop culture recommendations, things that you guys are uh, binging, playing, listening to. Uh, I'm going to start real quick. Um, I just got the Xbox Game Pass for a uh, dollar for three months, and then I think it's $5 a month after that. It's an incredible value. It's got like, I forgot, like maybe like 50 to 100 games from the original Xbox all the way up to Xbox One. I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I've downloaded the new Star Wars game and Madden. Um, I'm going to be preoccupied for a little while, and that's pretty cool. So giving this a shot. Um, And then music. I like the new Weezer album, OK uh, OK Human. Pretty solid. I need to give it a few more listens, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I like how Weezer Uh autocorrected on my phone to Weeper. (laughs) And then uh, let's go with Rachel. So for my pick this week, um, I actually wanted to pick a graphic novel series I've been reading by Kaylin Smith. Um, She is fantastic. I've backed both of her uh, Kickstarters and... I, I, I kind of want to like double recommend her because I feel like uh, this is perfect in the, the quarantine time. So there's, for goodness sake, 
which is her most recent book. Uh, volumes one and two are out and available on her website, which is just kaylinsmith.net. And then she also has a book called Plume. And the omnibus is out, and Plume is 500 pages long, and it's only $45. Um, but it is fantastic. And if you need some great comic reading material and you haven't read Kaylin Smith, you absolutely should because her writing is phenomenal and her art is beautiful too. Awesome. Um, Kat, what's your recommendation? Um, I will be recommending a book today, but don't worry for everyone rolling their eyes. It, uh, you could just watch the television show <laughs> if you don't want to read the book. Uh, but I read uh, the book The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis, which was just made into a Netflix series, which is fantastic. Um, I watched the Netflix show first and uh, enjoyed it so much that I read the book. It's fantastic. It was like such a great read. I probably read it in three sittings or so. Um, really, really well done. The author who wrote it also wrote um, The Color of Money. Uh, which was the Tom Cruise film, and uh, do you remember what the other one was? Um, Something else. He's many of his books have been made into movies. Um, the author is no longer living, but uh, the book was excellent. And if you enjoyed the show, would really recommend reading it. I think it adds a lot more texture in a good way. Um, yeah, great read. Mm-hmm. Cole, what's your Rex? Uh, well, we actually started rewatching all the MCU movies just for fun, um, because we haven't watched a lot of them in a long time, so it's been fun revisiting those just mm-hmm. in order they came out. We just finished Avengers, so we're going to do Iron Man 3 next. Um, we watched uh, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, the Forrest Whitaker 1999 vehicle. Um, Criterion Collection. I yeah. remember watching that as a, a teenager, and I hated that movie. I hated uh, it. Watch it again. I should watch it as a almost forty year old man. I, I probably will appreciate it more. You Pro- will love it. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's I don't know. It, it's kind of like the Boondock Saints, but not like stupid, and it's like good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do enjoy the Boondock Saints, but it's, those are dumbass movies. Yeah, yeah. It has a similar vibe. Yeah, very true. It's a Jim Jarmusch um, movie. I did not know this movie. Oh, existed. totally a Jim Jarmusch movie. Yeah, yes. I didn't know this movie yeah. existed. Yeah, it's about uh, Forrest Whitaker, and he's like a hitman, but he also like is kind of like I don't know. He's like way into like anime and Japanese culture, and so he kind of like just walks around and acts like an actual samurai and shogun times, pretty much. And it's 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 pretty entertaining. The the, the best part is probably. You know, he has these guns that he kills people with, but instead of putting the guns away like a normal hitman would put a gun away, there are very subtle sound effects when he whooshes them and then he puts them away as if it's a samurai sword. Yeah, he does like this weird flourishy uh, movement with them. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and, I got to see this. Yeah. Okay, so you need to see it. If you love anime, watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, like, it's just him against, like, basically, like, these characters from Goodfellas, pretty much. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on, but it's great. Yeah, and don't they, like, um, don't they also rap a lot, the the the, the uh, Goodfellas guys? They, like, do a lot of public yes. enemy? Yeah, it's because yes. Jim Jarmusch was uh, inspired to write this movie when he learned that, like, 
Italian mafiosos apparently really like listening to like like hip hop in jail, and that was like the whole germ of the idea for the movie. And the movie's music was all uh, done by Risa, who's in the movie, who made, who's in the movie briefly as another samurai. And the music is it's like multi layered, very very interesting. It sounds like Risa, but it also sounds like not. It's it's great. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Um, also been rewatching. I actually probably could have brought this up in the last three episodes, but I've been watching The O.C., which I've never seen before. That's um, pretty much just in because of uh, Patrick Willems' video about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been enjoying it. Uh, it's kind of dumb, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, cool. And it's kind of interesting how it kind of predates nerd culture. Yes. It, like, it has a lot of references to things I would have never yeah. thought would have been referenced on TV back then. Yeah. Um, so that's Cole, been cool. Cole, I like legitimately want to do a special edition OC pod. Yeah. Like do a Wanda distance, but just about the OC. Yeah, I mean, you're making we, me. You're making me it. rewatch. You're making me watch the friggin' Snyder cut. I'm not gonna watch the OC. No, it's what <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not. Bill, you might not even be invited to this. Good. <laughs> or you might know it. Or actually, you are. You are. You are like the host. And me and, me and me and Cole just go at it. That's like I, the time I hosted a Suicide Squad um, uh, podcast, and I didn't even see the movie, so I just was like, "Okay, what does everyone hate?" All right, guys, talk. I about literally it. thought you were about to say that's the time. It's about that one time I hosted a Suicide. Oh, I literally. Wow, thought you, you really, stopped. you really fucked that. You really fucked this episode right there, man. I know. Uh, I would do an OC podcast before doing a Snyder Cut podcast because I'm pretty sure I won't get as much. Uh, harassment afterwards yeah that's true honestly i think we should do that as our snyder cut podcast <laughs> well imagine we we just we just say that was just like ladies and gentlemen welcome to the snyder cut podcast just kidding we're talking about the oc this week that's a good <laughs> i would love that um but yeah that then we need to get that on the books because yeah. totally right it does predate your culture and for nerds out there, if you're a fan of a show that I hold near and dear to my heart, Chuck, right before they created Chuck, they created the OC, and it has basically the same musical soundtrack. Uh, I'm sure, Kat, you you are, I don't know, did you experience the OC the first time, or are you experiencing with Cole? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we could, there's a lot of, there's a lot that is uh, problematic, or there are issues with the OC, but... Uh, the one woman who there's one woman who is responsible for basically jumpstarting the careers of uh, Death Cab for Cutie, the Shins, the Killers, so many people. One woman was responsible for putting them all in the OC, and we should thank her. She also gave us Phantom Planet, which I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have known otherwise for their excellent theme song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, I, I I I actually really want Adam Brody to play Reed Richards now, so I'm hoping he'll show oh, up. Wow, in- that would be a good. That's a good call. That that is great casting, honestly. <laughs> uh, but he is think, in, he is in Shazam. Spoiler alerts. Yeah, but they, he could he could do it. He could he do because he's, he's like a he's like a supporting character. I can't see him as Reed Richards though, because he's his his humor doesn't fit. Like Reed Richards is very stoic, very like man of science, and I feel like Adam Brody's too. His humor is too like. I don't know, well, 
He had a great I, cameo. Dude. I'm imagining how they're going to do Reed Richards in the Marvel Universe, and I think they would make him kind of funny because I think they learned after Phase 1 that they need to make all the characters a little bit funny. Even, like, Cap is, like, there's, like, a bit of wit to his mm-hmm. dialogue. You know, I think that's the direction they go in with Reed Richards because even though he's kind of supposed to be, you know, like, he, he's like a guy who will sometimes put science before everything else, and that's kind of a hard character to get people to like. You, you need to have, like, something to him to mm-hmm. get people to like him, and I think they might... I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. True. Kat, what, were your, what was your pop we, culture recommendation? We did that already. We I got Kat's already? The Queen's, the Queen's Gambit book. The Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. 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 But Bill didn't go. Yeah. Uh, Bill's next. I, I can't. He There's too many dogs and stuff in the vicinity. He's drunk on Reese's. <laughs> I am. It was delicious. Uh, I wanted to stick to some Super Bowl stuff from the weekend. The two good things from the week uh, from this, that game was the trailer that if you have not watched for M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old, um, that was pretty awesome. And I don't know if the movie's going to be good, but like that trailer kind of dropped I don't think anyone was expecting it, and it was that classic M. Night type thing of, like, there is stuff happening, people are yelling, and I need to find out what this movie is, because there's horror and mystery, and I need to see it. And it, it's pretty cool. It's basically, like, um, Gal Garcia Bernal is, is, is a parent, he's on a beach with his wife, and all of a sudden their, their child comes from around the corner, and that child has aged 10 years. And they're like, what is happening? Who are you? Where is my kid? And it's Nat Wolf's brother, Alex, is their kid now. They're, like, all of a sudden, suddenly aged kid. And oh. so and then other people, it's just people will just start aging randomly. And it's just a very, it, it's very, a very tense trailer. I really dug it. And uh, I forgot how much I like The weekend. Not the two days where I don't have to go to my terrible job. It's the uh, the singer from Canada. It's uh, who put on, I thought, a, a, a fun Super Bowl halftime show. He just dropped, uh, for anyone who's just like, oh, I know him from doing that, the Super Bowl halftime show, um, he just dropped a new record out called The Highlights, which is basically a greatest hits compilation uh, with, like, Starboy and I Can't Feel My Face. And it, it's, it's like, I forgot how much I love I Can't Feel My Face. It's such a, it's a banger, it's a bop. Well, nod to our, our buddy Ben. Um, and yeah, so go check out that record. So those are my recommendations for the week. Who knew I would recommend The weekend? Just shocking people left and right. But uh, that concludes the episode, right, Al? Yeah, no one would have predicted you uh, recommending The weekend. Uh, they would have predicted you recommending the two days that you have off from work, though. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, that, that is going to do it for this episode of Socially Distance slash wanda distance uh before we sign off quickly just go around the room talk about where people can find you online personally you can find me at al manorino on twitter and at al manorino on instagram where i am attempting if hootsuite allows to post a new photo every single day it's a comic-con theme this month all of my adventures from New York and San Diego Comic-Con, uh, a lot of those adventures were written into stories that you can find on thepopbreak.com. Um, but yeah, that is me. Bill, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, you could just find me basically tweeting anything I've written about on Pop Break, which includes my review of the surprisingly not bad Queen Latifah series, The Equalizer. It didn't suck. I was very <laughs> surprised. I mean, it's not great, 
but it's not like Walker, which I reviewed. That was a piece of shit. Um, not even drinking tonight, folks. It's just all me. Uh, so I'm at Bodkin, right? So it's my pop break stuff. It's, you know, and wrestling stuff. But most importantly, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. We have uh, amazing writers and editors, and we have stuff on TV, film, music, uh, digital trends, comic books, anime. Um, uh, I just, uh, there's a dragon that just came into the podcast, um, just breathing fire. Um, his name is uh, Trogdor, the Burninator, which Rachel <laughs> wrote a great article about Homestar Runner, which you could find on thepopbreak.com. Uh, but check us out on Twitter, at thepopbreak, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, at thepopbreak on Instagram. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also check out TV Break, which is on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Uh, also the Breakcast on Apple and um Apple and uh, SoundCloud, and we, of course, were our Oscar podcasts, uh, and the winner still is. You can subscribe to on all those platforms I just mentioned, because we are bringing that back this week. Thank you, Bill. Rachel, where can people find you? So you can find me on the social medias at Rachel Kinesis. Um, I obviously write for The Pop Break, so you can find my writing on there. I do comic book and anime reviews typically kind of kind of dabble out when something gets me excited like writing about home star runner um <laughs> and you can also follow another podcast i do with my friend where we talk about anime and it is at anime podcast thank you and then uh, the lovely couple of colon cat uh uh, don't reach out to me, but if you must, uh, Twitter, cat underscore wild with an E. That is also my handle on Letterboxd. Um, also, uh, Instagram, cat goes to shows. Only reach out to cat if you got cat and dog pictures. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Also, if you must reach out to Cole, you must go through me first. Yeah. yeah. Or Letterboxd. Yeah, that's where everyone can find me. It's just my name, Cole Rothenker, R-O-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. And you can find me watching all the Marvel movies and seeing which ones I like and don't like as much. I'm going to have to check that out. I I feel like I can guess which ones you like and don't like, but I feel like there's a couple wild cards out there. I'm going to say you didn't like Thor The Dark World because no one did. Correct. I enjoyed it. It's, it's down you there. Just said, you just said uh, that to troll me. That's uh, I'll tell you this. There's, there is a Spider-Man movie I like less than Thor in the Dark World. Yeah, I, I don't Spider-Man get that. Spider-Man 3, I agree. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get the hate for Far From Home. I actually really like that movie. I, then let's again, I, podcast about We really should. We've done that I think in the we've past. Already, I think we've already podcast about that movie, but why not? Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so well, that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, this is basically just the the after credits of uh, our <laughs> this usual is our after credits where we yell yeah. about Thor movies. That's true. Uh, but <laughs> and Al's wife for... just shoots some daggers like get off the podcast. Oh, she's dead <laughs> ass asleep now. Thank you all for joining. Uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of Wanda Distance. <laughs>